Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. Okay, have you got your Bible? Turn to 2 Timothy. Well, you're turning to 2 Timothy, chapter 3. If I said to you, steam, gas, electric, diesel, wind, or coal, what, what would I be describing? Fuels. And what do fuels give? Fuels, fuels create power. In fact, most of our world, well, virtually our city, is being powered by all those fuels. Whether it be steam or whether it be coal or whether it be... I mean, we, we try to get away from coal because it's, it's not smokeless. Is it? Well, they do have smokeless coal, I know that. But China's the one who burns all the coal. Um, but electricity, and we're trying to find cheaper ways of creating energy to change the, uh, you know, the, the environment, I suppose, to try and keep it clean. And, and you know, <clears throat> we're always looking for new forms of energy and power to transform our lives, are we not? In fact, people right now are frantically searching the globe to try and come up with new fuels which are not only cost-effective, but environment-friendly. And uh, I applaud them. I think we should do that. Save the planet. We all live healthier and live longer. Amen? But how many of you know that power is a major, major issue? It's a major, major issue, whether it's not, not just in the economy, but there's many forms of power. There's not only just ecological power or fuels or energy there's social power there's governmental power there's individual power there's there's so many forms of power is there not in fact this week we have seen on our streets power we've seen two powerful forces the police and the gangs locking heads with each other have we not now church let me just say something put this out on your radar it is not everyone and say it is not coincidence that it's happening in our backyard you might say oh it's only you just on one no 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 you stir something in the spirit something in the other spirit also stirs and everything comes to prominence now there's an issue there's an issue dream center our church is on the spotlight heaven is watching to see how we will respond Who's got the power? Who was it who sang, I got the power? She ain't got nothing without a microphone. There is an issue on our streets as to who's got power. Right now, what's, what we're seeing on our street is nothing but gang violence. Now, if, they, if he shoots him and he shoots them and they shoot him and they shoot them, now that's one way of, of depleting each other. But innocent people always get caught in the crossfire. True? And gangs bring in more people. And more people. And more people. So, there is, an, there is an issue in the spirit that has to be dealt with. You thought just coming to church was all about singing songs on a Sunday. There is, there is a higher power. There is a deeper power. There is a forceful power that needs to be seen in our streets. Yeah? And the man, is he called Dale Cregan? Was that his name? You know, the guy who'd, who did that senseless act this week. Everybody around, I should say, nations around the world 
were hearing of what took place. Drawsden was never on the map. But now it's on the map. But it's on the map for the wrong things. It's not revival broke out. People are getting saved. There's a strange phenomena. There's a, cl- there's a glory cloud over Drawsden. Or over Tameside. Right? No, no, none of that was being broadcasted. What was being broadcasted was Drawsden is the gun, capit- gun capital of Britain right now. We're being painted in a bad light. Tameside is getting a bad rap. True? Now I have the power, you have the power, and I have the faith to, to know that God can change things. When it was going crazy in Ashton, a couple of years ago, the church got on the street, she prayed, and within one week, business failed. And Ashton's never recovered at the night time. We're not talking about the daytime shopping now, we're talking about the drink, the drink culture that was creating havoc. They're our future kids. Some of them are our friends. Some of them are our our neighbor's friends. It can be your kid tomorrow. Yeah? And once we began to change that environment, it impacted it. When we began to pray about the uh, the pub on National Road, uh, about how, again, the same thing, drugs and, and violence was going on, they burnt themselves down. After one night's prayer, someone came in and threw... Uh, a petrol bomb the whole pub got burned down it wasn't us it wasn't us but my but my friends I tell you this we have that power to go and change things our our warfare is not against flesh and blood so let's make that clear so we're not fighting physical the bible says we fight powers above us in the heavenly realms but nevertheless they are powers And they need fighting. In fact, they need a good hiding. Amen? So there is this power right now. The police would claim that they have power. Okay? But they don't. They have authority. They have legal authority to enforce their power. Do they have power? Absolutely. But right now, the battle is on for the power. Who controls the streets? So they have legal authority. Authority. Now, let's not get mixed up here. Power and authority, separate things. They have legal authority to enforce their governmental power. The gangs have all the power but have no authority. True? They are illegitimate. They're illegal. They have, they have power but they have no authority to do what they're doing. The police have the authority to enforce their power. But you and I, my friend, have power and authority. Yes? Through Christ, we have power and authority. Now, let's just look at 2 Timothy. Timothy tells us this could be downtown Manchester. But mark this, he says. So basically, he's trying to say, get hold of this. What I'm saying is so important, Timothy, that you need to mark it. Yes? So then he says... There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Have you met any lovers of themselves? Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient. And all of them are just on our street. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Have you met ungrateful people? Hello? You met any ungrateful people? Okay. Unholy. Without love. 
Those, re- those senseless acts of violence this week were done without love. Yeah? Then he says treacherous. Sorry, without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Not lovers of the good. Treacherous. Rash. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure. Rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. But denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. So what he's saying is, Timothy, these guys are in the church. Because they have a form. They have a form of power. They have a form of godliness. So if they weren't in the church, he wouldn't say they have a form. They're not, this, he's not just talking about the, any Joe blogs. He's talking about a certain kind of people. He highlights them, the rash, the conceited. Now, we know both of these people are on planet earth. They're in the church and outside the church. And I guess if we're all honest with ourselves, if we're all honest, some of those fit, fit us. Ever been unholy? Ever been rash? Ever provoked anyone? No, I know you're all angels this morning. I'm speaking to the great assembly of angels this morning. Ever been slanderous? Ever been lovers of pleasure? Ever been brutal? Ever been disobedient to your parents? So I've got the right crowd then. Okay, I've got the right crowd. Just thinking, oh, Lord, yeah, it is the right crowd. Okay. But, how would you say, oh, shoot. Think about this. If all those people are in the church at some level, is it any wonder the church does not display power? Think about it. If the church is meant to be heaven's representation and we're not forcefully advancing, there must be reasons why. There has to be reasons why we've got everything but show nothing or very little. So if you have a church that carries this kind of mixture, how many of you know the power flow will be varied? If you have that kind of people in your church, or that kind of, those kind of qualities are living inside you, your power flow will be seriously hindered. God does not put power on top of impurity. Yes? If I'm sinning, what right do I have to think that I'm going to move in power? If I'm disobedient, what right do I think I will move in power? No. So there has to be a certain standard somewhere on the earth. Every, this week we've heard an outcry over a, is it an MP who so-called called the police? He, he, he called him, was it a pleb or something? Basically an idiot. And there's been an outcry. A man like that of office should not be seen saying those things. Not be seen. It means he can say it, but just not be caught. Okay? He should not be seen in that office. So therefore, what they're saying is there should be a standard on the earth where a base where these things can come out. Where, sorry, where accurate government can, can be seen. So the people see it. Amen? Now, when the people look to a church, the people outside there have got a million and one Thoughts about what you and I should look like. It's true. Everyone thinks Christians should be this or that or this or that. And yet, so we can either be what they want us to be, or we can be what God has told us we have to be. 
Now there is a standard in the church. If power is going to flow, there has to be a standard. And it has to start with you and me. So you're a standard bearer. If all these things are living inside you, then there's something wrong. You know what he says then? Have nothing to do with them. Why? Because they are going to limit your life. They're going to limit your capacity. They're going to limit the power flow. Are you with me this morning, church? So, let's look at what, let's break this down a minute. They profess one thing, but they say complete opposite. Anybody ever found someone like that? Anybody ever know anyone like that? Have you ever been accused of doing that? Has your wife ever said, you say one thing, but do something? Your kids will tell you that. Your kids will always tell you, dad, you said this. And they'll hold you to it. Kids will hold on every word. They know the dots, they know the colons, they know commas, they know hyphens, they know everything. They know how to interpret your every words. When you didn't say it, they said you said it. Yes? So you've got to know what you said. Amen? So you need to carry a voice recorder around with you. <laughs> so they, they appear to be one thing, but are something the opposite. They carry a form of Christianity, but they deny its power. In other words, for them, church has, is not a place for power. It's a place for singing. It's a place for many things, but it has no power. Basically, all this stuff in the book, it's just a book. So I go to church now to make myself feel clean inside and feel at peace. So I can, so I can, I consciously I can walk away thinking, well, I've done my bit. I, I talked to you today. I went today. So this is the kind of people, they have no power. No power for nothing. No power to change anything. No power, they haven't got no faith to raise the wings of a gnat. Yeah? There's no, nothing about them. They're just people who go to a church. That's not the church God has called us to be. Then he says, they come across as if they have substance, but the words are hollow. You know when you talk to some people, certainly in business circles, they sound like they've got it all together, don't they? They know all the buzzwords. All the right words to say. And then get them off the buzzwords and you think, ah, they're, they're hollow. Not a lot behind those words. Not a lot behind that mouth. In fact, it's quite, it's quite empty. These were these people. And then he says, they carry, they carry the same sins and habits and attitudes of the world and they brought them inside. So if, if you've got the same attitude as those outside, the same sin habits, the same failings, now, we're not, listen, let's just park it in a minute. Let me just say something so you're all understanding. We're all a work in progress. Okay? So even though we, we fail and even though we fall and even though we make mistakes, we are still a work in progress. The issue is, these people had no conscience. When you have a conscience and you say, oh Lord, help me today, forgive me, oh Lord, at least you have a conscience. You're trying to put things right with God. You're trying to grow. You're asking for his forgiveness. There is grace for that. You understand that? But where there is no consciousness of your sin and your behavior, and you just live like you want to, and have no understanding of how God wants you to live, that, my friend, is dangerous. They were the kind of people that was coming in the church, and they're the kind of people that are still coming in church today, all around the world. I've met some pretty colorful characters as I've traveled around the world. This church is, as an attitude, it will be the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Nothing ever changes in this church. It's predictable. And I call it the church as usual. Not just church usual, the church as usual. It'll be the same every day. 
The presence of God won't be there. The power of God won't be there. There'll be no flow there. There'll be no touching heaven. Heaven won't be touching earth. It's just all things bright and beautiful. The Lord God made them all. Yes? We'll be singing, we'll be quoting the hymn book. That's it. Same today, you say. Now let me ask you a different question. If I was to ask you today, why do you need the power of God in your life? Many of us would be struggling to, ask why, to answer why. I asked this question. This is a question I felt the Holy Spirit arrest me with. He said, ask the church why they need the, my power. Why do you need God's power in your life? And here's the thing that God showed me. Most people will give you a smart answer. He said, but most people are just, are just lying. He said, why? I said, why, Lord? He said, because from week to week, they've learned to manage to live without it. They do not need it. They do not see the need for it. They have crafted for themselves an, a type of life where they get from uh, Sunday to Sunday and they don't need the power. A power's what, power for them is what somebody else carries, not what they carry. And when they need it, they'll find the person who carries the power so they can get what they need. But they themselves have said, I don't need it. I've learned to do my job without it. I've learned to run my family without it. I've learned to make money. I've learned to craft for myself a career. I don't need the power of God. But I'm a Christian and I love you, Jesus. But I have no power. No power to change. No power to change anybody else. No power to change my environment. No power for nothing. But I don't need the power because I've, I've kind of got things all together. That's not the New Testament church. That's not what Christianity is about. So you ask those who want the power and are conscious of the power, what do you want power for? And you know what most people say? I want it for healings. I want it for miracles. I want it for deliverance. And it all sounds grandeur, doesn't it? Healing, miracles, deliverance. You would be amazed if I was to tell you that healings don't change people. They just make them better. You say, how can you say that? Read the story of the ten lepers. Ten people came to Jesus for healing. Nine left him. Only one came back and said, thank you. They left him healed. They left him blessed. But they weren't changed. Healings bless people. They bless them. But it doesn't necessarily change the hearts. That doesn't make healing wrong. That just means the people who were receiving it still don't have a conscience. People get healed every day. But they don't always come to Jesus and say thank you. Miracles don't necessarily turn a society around. You see, the church has been asking for power, miracles and healing. It's the wrong things. Do we need those things? Yes. But I'm going to give you something else in a minute. Healing, power and miracles is something you and I should carry anyway. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the charismatic preacher who wears a sequin jacket and says, look, I am God's. That's what charismania says. He's the one with all the power. I need to touch him. Have you been to meetings like that? Oh, hopefully he'll pray for me tonight and I'll get well. Now there are those who move in gifts of power, but you know the Bible says he wants us all to have it. So we can all have it. But if we keep looking at the man who's got it and never desire it for ourselves, is there a stirring in the spirit today? That's what we sang. So you can move in power. And power is not about how much you know. It's about the one you know. Well, I need to do this. I need to go to Bible college. I need to do this. I need to do that. No, no, no. It's about the one you know. I only have to know him for five minutes and I get what he's got. 
That's what the Bible says. So I can move. He said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's not about you. It's about, can he move through you? You're just a conduit. Yes. But can he move through us? Yes. So, many people want healing. They want miracles. They want deliverance. But it does not change a lot. Or it doesn't always change people. It blesses them. Are you with me? So why do we need the power? If I ask you what power do you need, you'll choose something that's grandos. Oh, what power? I have the power, He-Man said. If you could be a superhero, which one would you choose? And why? I'd want to be Superman myself. What would you want to be? Think about it. Do you want to be Batman? Do you want to be... Uh, give me some characters now, I've forgotten. The Hulk. I had Hulk. Spider-Man. Catwoman. Typical. I know you'd say that. Which, which superpower would you want to be? Would you know God? Listen, God has called you to be his superpower. He's called you to be his superpower. He's called you to be salt and light. Now, you won't wear a cape. You won't wear a mask. You won't have a sexy uniform. Right? You'll just be you. You're just pure flesh and blood, carrying God wherever you are. But nevertheless, you have the superpower of Christ within you. The living God is living within you. You have that power. Some of you don't realize that. Okay. Okay. Stay with me. So what power would you choose? And then, let me ask you a question. Why do you want to be Superman? Why do you want to be an apostle? Why do you want to be a prophet? Why do you want healing? Why do you want miracles? Why do you want these things? They must have a purpose. Most people want them, but don't know how to use them. And have nowhere to use them. And no reason to use them. So, you are connected to the most powerful man known in the galaxies and on the earth. You are connected. Through Jesus Christ, you are connected to the most awesome power ever known. So where is it? Where is it? If I know the one who's got, who's got it all, how come I show nafal? How come I've got nothing? How come? There is not a power problem, my friend. There is a purpose problem. There is no power problem. There is a purpose problem. The church of God does not want to use it, doesn't know how to use it, has got no need for it. And when they do get it, they use it wrongly. They bring crowds to themselves. They don't know how to use it beyond themselves. This is the kind of church that God is going to really sort out amongst us. What kind of church is the Dream Center really going to be? Is she going to move in power? Why is she going to move in power? Who is she going to take it to? Where is she going to take it? How is she going to distribute it? How is she going to empower those to use it? So it's used accurately. <coughs> if you use... Excuse me. If you use power incorrectly, you'll blow yourself up. True? If you try and use one apparatus, but you haven't got the right power flow supply, you're going to fry you and everything else. True? <coughs> oh, dear. Has been water gone. Is it? Oh, there it is. 
If you're going to use this power, if God's going to give us his power, pure, unadulterated power, he's got to be able to trust the users. He's got to be able to trust the users. There is a power confrontation right now on our streets. Some people are using their power illegally. The police work within the confines of the government. The government says you can do this, do it this. You know, you must administer it this way. They can't win. The police can never win. They do something, well, it wasn't reasonable force. They don't do something, well, you should have used reasonable force. The police are in a no-win situation. I feel sorry for them. You know, you saw it in the riots, didn't you? The student riots, they went in harsh. And because they went in harsh, when it came to the other riots, they were seen in the background. That's not their fault, it's because they're told. They're there to serve us, to keep the peace. And they do a good job. I never have to fear. Did you see them in the newspaper? I mean, our Scott's not stopped talking about it. When you see these police, and they've got the mask on and the machine guns, our Scott thinks, wow. I say, that's just letting everybody know that if you want to go toe-to-toe with them, they've got more than enough to take you out. That's what they're saying. But you know, I don't have to fear them. Why? Because I'm not against them. (laughs) I'm not the one trying to, you know, beef up the place and and take everything illegitimately. You know what I mean? The Bible says, take nothing with you. Just take a tunic. We don't need tunics now. You know, we're kind of in the 21st century. We can take some uh, Gucci or whatever it is. We can take take something along with us. Adidas, whatever you want. Smell good, look good along the way. Yeah, take a cardigan. Especially if you're in Manchester. Second umbrella as well. It's good for you. But the issue is, we can go just as we are. We can go wherever he sends us. Why? Because we don't have to, we don't have to mask up. We don't have to tool up, as they say in the trade. Tool up. Why? We're already tooled up. We have heaven. We have him inside us. But we need to go where he's telling us to go and do what, we say, we'll do what he tells us to do and how he tells us to do it. True? So, you need to think, what type of power do you need? It's a fair question. I've not asked anything weird. What kind of power do you need? You say, well, I need the power to break some habits. Well, ask him for that. I need power to think right. There you go then. I need power to put my finances in order. Well, there you go then. I need power to sort the, you know, the argument out between me and my husband. Well, there you go. Start right there. I need the power to set some things in order. Well, there you go then. Let's start right here. Let's, let's get the basic 101. Know how, what kind of power do you need and know how you need to use it. Where you need to use it. So when you've got the power, you, once if I say, to, say for David, David, what kind of power do you need? Well, I'd like to. I need the power to set some things in order. Right. So he knows why he needs it and what he needs it for. He might need help how to use it. That's where the Holy Ghost comes in. You pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help me, show me how to stand, how to, how to challenge this thing without it all falling apart. Show me the wisdom. Give me your knowledge on the situation. Wisdom is, is knowing how to enforce what God's asking you to enforce. Yes? So the wisdom of God is needed. So you don't break, you don't create hell. You bring heaven to earth and silence hell. There's some relationships you might need to fix. Well, I need the power to fix that relationship. Well, right there then. Go and ask. That's what you need. That's what you need power for. Now, you don't need deliverance for that situation. You don't need a miracle for that situation. You just might need some wisdom. That's power. That is a form of power. 
Not everything you do for Jesus will be laying on of hands. Not everything you do for Christ will, will, you know, will look good. Most of what you do for Christ, you'll do it behind closed doors. No one will ever see it. But heaven records it and the people you're speaking to feel it. But you didn't get the microphone. You didn't get to shine. But you did shine. Your father saw it. Your father gave it to you. You knew how to use it. Most Christians don't. She said the problem with most churches is there is not a power problem. There is a purpose problem. Nobody knows why they need it. But they just told I need this power. I got this power. It's interesting to see when there's a move of God and young people get filled with the Holy Ghost. They lay hands on everything and everyone. It's true. We've seen it. Young people do it. Now you think, oh, that's not decent in order. No, because they don't know how to use it. But they've got a power. They don't know why they've got it, where they're going to use it. They just know they've got something. Much of our church has got power. You just don't know where to use it. You've got, you are far more than you've become. You are far more than you realize. But you don't know how to use it half the time. So people just need help. They need, that's why we call it empowering. So you can use your gifts, your resources, your talents, your time, so you can use it to maximum effect. But you might need empowering with some wisdom how to use it. Are you with me? <coughs> now here's the thing. We said that the, the gangs have power, but they don't have authority. Do we not? We say the police have authority, but they're battling for the power. The police battle with the government, they battle with the citizens. Yes? Now the issue is here, my friend, you may say, I've got power. I've got authority. And I say, fantastic. But here's my answer back to you. But do you have any government? Oh. You may have power, you may have authority, but do you have any government in your life? You see, right now, Dale Cregan has no government. There is no one he submits to. There is no authority that he will yield to. He has power, he has authority. He might say to his, his, his other people, you do this, you do that, you do this. He might be the one in charge, he might be the runner. Who knows? That's not the issue. The issue is, some people have power and authority, but they do not have government. Any person who has power and authority, but has no government, is trouble. Is trouble. You don't have to look at these dictators. Power, authority, but no government. No one can rule, no one can speak into you. You are you are totally autocratic. You are an antichrist. You are just a maniac. But you see, where there's government, you sit around a table. You discuss. You get the best wisdom for the best solution. You talk. You dialogue. You're open. That's government. We are a body. We, are, we serve a head. We are a body under one head. I'll show you that. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 1. You see, there are many good pastors. Many, 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 many good pastors. Many good leaders. The problem is they can bless people. They can bless, 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 bless people to the blessed. Yeah? But they have no government to change them. To set things in order. You need government to set people in order. Now, people don't always like government. Have you ever noticed that? People don't like government. People don't like the police. Why? Because they're, they're an instituted government. 
Yes? When an officer knocks at your door and he has rights to do some things, that's because that's the government enforcing him. Yes? So when the pastor comes up and says, you know, Ashley, I need to sit and talk with you. I think we need to change a few things, blah, blah, blah. And people manifest. Why? Well, I'm gifted. It's amazing, you will, but you will not believe me if I said to you, how many people who are gifted have come to me and I've said to them, don't do this, don't do that. And you know what they say to me? I will not let, listen, listen, just in case you've said it to yourself. So you can hear yourself now, faith comes by hearing. Okay? You know what's coming. They sit there and they say, I will not let you contain my gifting. I say, you dipstick. I'm not trying to kill your gifting. I'm trying to help it and protect it. Oh, but they think because you speak into their life, you're suddenly now trying to stop the Hollywood bus. I'm trying to stop you getting on it. Hollywood's not our destination. Try Hollywood. Never mind Hollywood. And people seem to think that you're trying to stop them. Why, why would I ever want to try and control someone? I've got enough problems trying to control myself. Why do you think I would want to control you? Why? Control is not the word I would use. I might give you advice. You, for, you know about advice. Did you pay for it? No, well, it's free. Take it or leave it. But it's still good. But when you've when you got snot and tears all over you and you come back, don't ask me for the tissue. Wis- listen, sometimes you might only get one, one window of wisdom. We think we can keep coming back and back and back and back and back and back and back. Sometimes you get one opportunity to listen. And after that, there's consequence. Yeah? I don't have Kleenex upstairs. Why? Because most of my counselling sessions don't bring tears. My, my heart is not to bring tears out of you. That would be manipulation. Hello? Well, hopefully, most of my counselling sessions are joy. And, yeah, yeah, thanks, cheers, yeah, cheers for that, yeah, 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 no, you're not a bad geezer, are you? Why do you want to control people? No one wants to control you. Get that out of your mind. No one's trying to control you. God's trying to lead you. God's, God owns you. Let's get that sorted out. God owns you. But God doesn't control you. Even God doesn't control you. The Holy Ghost guides you. He owns you, but he doesn't, he doesn't control you. True? So why would I want to do it? But it's amazing how many people think, oh, the pastor's coming, that's it. We're all in trouble. Well, you might be in trouble. Maybe your own heart's condemning you. But Ephesians says this, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why do you need to be enlightened? Why? Because he wants you to know some things. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. What type of power is it? No one can compare it. Right? This power... Is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ, which he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Oh, this is true. This is true, accurate government. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. Oh, and just in case that wasn't enough, and every title that can be given. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. And appointed him to be the head over everything for the church. There's the purpose. Right there. I did all this for the church. 
Amen? Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I said there is not a power problem. There is a purpose problem. God knows how to use his power and who to give it to. God took all power and gave it to his church. Hello? If you're his church this morning, then you've got it. I got the power. Some of you are going, oh, I'm not quite sure. What does, it have, what does it have to say to tell you? You've got the power. He's just said it. His words just said it. He gave it to his church. If you're part of the church, then you've got, the same, you've got access to the same stuff. The problem's not the power. Or the power. The problem's why do you need it? Why do you need power? Well, the truth is, many Christians don't need it. Because they've learned to live without it. Long enough that they say, I don't need it. You're right, I don't need it. If you're honest with yourself, church, if you're honest with yourself, you'll find out that I'm true. What I'm saying is right. We've learned to live without the power. There's no expectancy for the power. Until we're sick, or we're broke, or we need someone, we're going to lose, lose someone we love, that's the only time we call for the power. But we have no idea how to use it. We just pray and hope that, oh God, will just, it'll just somehow work. God will do it. God says, no, I've invested the power in you to do things in my name. Amen? Our prayer is not about just blind praying and just thinking, oh, are you there? Are you there? One eye willy looking up to heaven. Are you there? Are you listening? Are you watching? That's not faith, is it? Are you there? What do you mean, I'm a there? If you knew him, you knew he was there. Sue, think about it. How many people say, why don't you talk to your gaffer? How many people at work say to you, you talk to your gaffer for me upstairs. They don't even know to call him God because he's not their God. Or your kids will say, mom, you pray for him. You know him. You just, you just sealed your own words. You know him. I don't. So then you've got to pray. You know what I say? No, 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 I'm not praying. I'm not praying. We'll pray together. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Let's not do that. They go into that mank. Oh. God, speak to me. Oh. Because now they fear God in case he does turn up. And mom, if you, mom, if you pray for him, you know him, he likes you, he loves you, he might not like you, he don't like me. Why? Because you know you're up to something you shouldn't be up to. They don't want the government. They just want, everybody wants, no, listen. Nobody wants to be a Christian. They just want to die one. True? So everyone wants you to pray on their behalf. So they just want to be connected to the power. And you've sacrificed to get it online. Now Jesus said freely you received. Freely I give. Jesus hasn't got a problem giving it even to scuffers. He gave it to me. I'm a scuffer. King of the scuffers. As he always calls me. Now if I'm a king of the scuffers and he gave it me, there's hope for you. Because if the king's the highest, you're not, you, you're not the worst than you? True? So here he says, the church derives its power and government... From the name that is above her. Think about it. If we look at Ephesians, the church derives its power and government from the name that is above every other name. That is in heaven and in earth. Jesus Christ, everyone in the cosmos, everything in the cosmos, bows to this name. So he is the Don. He is the ultimate one. He speaks and everything happens. Amen? He is the, so we are connected to him. So we use his name. You know, in, the, in some circles, if I just click my fingers, I either get dancers. 
or I get servants coming to me. True? In some cultures, if you do that, they think, oh, that's what the, the king normally does. Or people with power and importance, if they click their fingers. Now in England, if you click your fingers at someone, you're going to get a slap. But in certain cultures, the click of the fingers is just, it's cultural. But in England, it's classed as impolite. True? You say, excuse me, hello, would you like? So, in Christ, we use his name, his power. When we speak, we speak in his name. We, we're not, it, you're not powerful. Get over yourself. It's him in you. It's him in you. So you might look good and he might allow you and he shares his glory with you, but it's not you. Hello? You're just the conduit to flow through. Now, can he get someone who's a conduit? That's the big, that's the big question. Learning to yield your life so God can, can, can flow through you, that is the big issue. Because most people want power for themselves. They don't want it for the, for the body. The next thing, it says the power and government of ours comes to us because of the one who overcome and conquered death. You know, death, death is the one thing we all fear. Think about this. If I get taken hostage tomorrow, what's the one thing I fear? They're going to shoot me. If, if your kids get in a car and you think, uh, drive safely now, what's the one thing you fear? Right. We, all, we fear death. Now, you know death's going to come to us all. It's how it comes. We know it's coming. It's how it comes to us. But the issue is this, is the one, the one who defeated death took away that fear. He defeated death. No one's ever defeated death. You know, they talk about Allah. They talk about Buddha. They didn't die for me. They didn't defeat death. They didn't, get re they didn't come back from the grave. No, no, no. But my Lord did. So he defeated death. So he took away the one thing that everyone tries to hit me with. So if it's sickness or whatever it is, we all fear going to the doctors. We all fear certain things. What is it, doc? Oh, doc, how long have I got to lift? Oh, just take antibiotics. You'll live for the forever. We all want to hear that, don't we? But we can stand. When the doctor says what we don't want to hear, we can still stand. Why? Because we have a greater name that defeats and reverses death. Though death may be on you, it can be reversed. It can be reversed. But if you're doing the one-eyed willy thing, it's not going to work. The one who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. And the one that's in the world tried to bring death and destruction to the world. But the one who is in you overcame it. He said, shut up, Satan. Shut up, hell. You're a liar. I've got the keys for heaven and hell. So he's the one who's the jail. Who's, he's the jailer now. He determines who goes to hell, who doesn't. So the power and government of ours has full power. Not part power. He's not... This, listen, get over this, this thought that says, every day the devil is trying to win and God's losing today and he might win tomorrow and Satan's got 80% and, and, and Jesus is struggling to keep control over his half. Get that out of your head right now. That is not the way it is. Charismania have taught you that. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus has got all authority. He ain't stressing about he might lose some of it. He is not stressing one iota. He's not <coughs> creating more angels for, for more reinforcements. He's not. He is not in panic mode. He knows he'll take the earth. He knows the church will do it. He knows it all. He is not panicking. Satan does not come into God's presence like some of you have been taught. 
He's not allowed. When Jesus sealed the mercy seat, that's it. You're no longer, you cannot cross this line anymore. Stay out. And you've got this thought in your mind that says, every day he has to come before Jesus. No, he doesn't. It's sealed from him. He cannot enter into the heavens. But you and I can. We can go where he can't go. But he can't come where we can go. Ooh. I can go all the way. I have confidence. The Bible says, if I've got confidence, I can go all the way. He says to him, you stay out. <coughs> You're in the kennel. Out. If you understand all the authority and the power that he's got and he's invested it in you, you won't fear him. I said you won't fear him. You will not fear him. We fear so many things wrongly because we, we, our minds are set up wrong. We think Satan's far greater than he is. Hey, the one in me is greater. Why, fo- why focus on the one who can do you harm? Why not focus on the one who can give you victory? Why focus on that dude? True. Come on, think about it. Put all your faith in the one who can. The one who has. The one who will. Rather than the one who might. And he can only work on what you give him anyway. So don't give him anything. You seen this? You sure? Okay, bring it to an end. So this power and government of ours has the power to put everything under its feet. Everything. It has the power to establish Christ as head over everything. We have the power and we will show this power and we will demonstrate this power in our prayer, in our life. We will take back the streets. We will take back the streets. I tell you right now, part of taking the city starts right now. They brought a fight onto our door. We don't fight with flesh and blood. We fight powers and principles. We do it through prayer. Right? We will show We will show our God that we will be the watchman that the dream centers should be. We will rise and we'll take the challenge. Something has entered into our territory and it cannot stay. I'm telling you, church, don't be passive about this. Don't be passive. If we, listen, the church doesn't, we can preach nice sermons, we can fill you, we can grease you up like chickens with anointing, but we need government. We need government in the house. You need government in your house. You need government in your family. You need government in your finances. You need government in your habits. You need to bring government into your life. So the power can rise upon you. This is what, the God, this, this is what God has been challenging me with for so long. When he spoke to me next door and he says to me, it's the wrong question when you're asking me what do you want to do. You should be asking me what kind of man the city needs. That's a different question. And now I understand he wants a man of government. Only governmental issues can deal with governments. And powers. True? You don't send a scuffer to talk to the top level. But Jesus has. We're not scuffers in that sense, you know what I mean? In other words, we don't carry a title on the earth. We don't carry a title on the earth, but we carry everything of him. So we can challenge the highest powers. We can. Some of you are not convinced, something like that. Let me go and eat bacon and sausages. Let's slay Let's slay the sacred cow. That devil is bigger than God. He says that everything that was done was done for the church. For the church. Are you the church? Then he says this. His own body has inherited everything that he has done. I'm his body. I know it's not a great one, but it's the best one he could have got right now. You're his body. Christ has given everything. 
And then just come with me to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to take this fight back to the streets. We're going to guard our territory. Church, hear me. I'm declaring something as a church. We're going to take this thing back. We're going to take it back. This is, this is going to the city. This is taking the city. Clear your own backyard first. Have a clean base. Show. Show some fruit in the, in the base that you're now to fight a battle. If you can clear your own territory, you can go all the way. I'm telling you. If you can clear your own territory, clear our own backyard, we can go all the way. Some of you are not convinced. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Therefore. When it says therefore, you need to know why it's therefore. So God exalted him. Who's he talking about? Jesus Christ. To the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. <clears throat> that at that name, every knee should bow. In heaven. And on earth, listen, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of our God and Father. So the, so the power of a church is not necessarily seen in healings, miracles, though they are power. We all understand that. The power of a church is seen in how much government is in its people. I'd write that down if I were you. That's pretty deep. Ooh. The power of a church is not in how many people get healed. It's not. Why? Because God is the one doing the healing. It's not a work of man. Hello? It's not a work of man. He just says, lay hands on the sick. So if I lay hands on David this morning, and, he, and he's, he's in faith and he's reaching out, he gets healed. Well, what part of that? Was that smart? Did I need an education for that? Then I need to go to college, university for that. No. Do this, lay hands on sick, and the prayer offered in faith will make him well. That's you. That's the power you've got. The issue, my friend, is not power. It's government. Can you bring your senses, can you bring your thoughts into alignment? When you're private, in the private, and, and you're looking on the, the computer, or, you, or you, you're scrolling on the internet, or whatever it is, can you bring your thoughts into alignment that's government when you're planning something and you know you can get round it by cheating can you bring government that brings you back onto alignment that's government my friends when you want to go home and give your wife a piece of your mind and she stepped out of order she might have done something wrong so that kind of justifies that you can go and do it the way you want can you bring governmental self-control honey you might have been wrong We'll talk about it without you losing your rag and going off the handle. Can you do that? Because you'll, you'll cause another government to manifest if you don't. The government of flesh will rise. And this government is strong. It has a furry side and it has a flat side. And when it swings, it stings. So if I was you, I'd try and bring the government to peace. Righteousness, joy. It's a different government, but listen. How much do you feel better when you've received it? Because Jesus does not deal with you as your sins deserve. He deals with you in compassion. He deals with you with grace. He deals with you in mercy. But he has all power just to sketch you right off the planet earth if he wants to. 
but he doesn't. Why? Because he shows us the different way. He brings the government. My friends, you need to govern. You need to think, ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to install accurate government into your life. Because without government, I guarantee the Christians who are all over the place is because they don't have government. And they're the ones who want to sing and dance and, make, and get up in the microphone and be prophetic. Because they've learned to work on gifts, they've not learned to work on government. Listen, government, in, this, in, in the context I'm talking about, is not a gift, it's a discipline. Government to lead a church and to keep the heavens open is a gift and a grace and a calling. Amen? But government to bring discipline is a discipline in itself. So you need to learn to bring government into your life so that you can bring all things around. This is what government does. Watch. It guides, it guards, and it governs. What does it guide? It guides you and your family. It guards from what? Unwanted intrusion. True? And it governs what? It brings stability. When there's accurate government in a house, everyone in the house should be living in peace. Everyone. It's no use if there's fear in the house, that's not government. Government should bring protection. I feel protected under our government. You go, really? Under David Cameron? Yeah. I, I, I believe our country's well run, to a degree. No, we know we can pick flaws at it, and there are many. But we have a democracy. We have a government. We have an economy. I know it's all falling apart, but nevertheless, we've still got more than what anyone else has got. <clears throat> We're not greased at the moment. Not, every, not everyone's got a spade and we're digging our, ourselves out. We're not, well, we are at war, but we're not war on the home front in that sense. There's a lot to thank God for. We're still, we're still a pretty decent country in many ways. We're not like the Americans. We are the best in the world. We know we're the best. We don't have to say it, but <laughs> no, we're not. The issue is, is, is that we have stability in our nation. You can do what you want within reason. We're not fearing our government. We're not fearing the police. We're not fearing big brother. We've got a lot of freedom and we should protect that. Why? So with that government, that gives me power to, to, to learn things and bring my family into a greater level of blessing. So government will help you to guide your family, guide your own life. It will help you to guard what's yours and what's been given to you. Right? And it will help you to govern, bring protection, the umbrella over your house. So many of our families, right up and down Britain, do not have that. And if we can use our power, our power to bring that back so we can bring wisdom back to the families. We can bring guidance back to the families, to the streets. And we can bring government. From our government, we'll bring our guidance. Amen? From our government. When we say our government, I don't mean me on a Sunday. I mean us. So when you're going, wherever you're going, wherever you work, wherever you are, those three qualities, government is set in, in place. Do you understand this, church? This is a very, very full... I feel that the Holy Spirit is saying, <clears throat> build the government into the people's lives. And when you bring government, that's what you need power for. You need power to establish your government, your rule, your territory. Instead of fighting to keep hold of everything you've got, you need the wisdom to use it accurately. Yes? So many people, you get, you get money, you're fearful of how it's going, you're going to lose it. No, no, no. If you've got government in your life, God will give you the wisdom. How to guide. How to guard. 
Yes? There are forces trying to operate to take you down the pan. But we're not frightened of them. Because we know one who's greater. We know one who's greater. So, we know how to use our resources better. Why? Because we have his government in our lives. The government of God is we answer to. That is our headquarters. That is our daily, daily interaction. Our headquarters is there. This is not our headquarters. That is our headquarters. Heaven rules there. We are the ambassadors on the earth, representing him, taking government and righteousness wherever we are. So that the people see this government in your life. Can everyone see this? So don't get caught up in healings, miracles. Don't we want those things? We, we need to use, they're just tools. They're just tools. So many people get waylaid, but I'm not minimizing them. Please don't think I'm minimizing healing gifts and miracles. I'm not. We need them. They're tools. But if I've got a hammer in my pocket, do I know how to use it and where to use it? I still need to know how to use it and where to use it. Why? Because let's just say this. Jesus knew this. He walked into a village. He didn't pray for 99, but he prayed for one. Where in other villages, he prayed for the 99. Why? Because he knew strategically how to use his power. The woman at the well was a classic example. One woman opens up a whole door. He used his power to set that woman free. Where in other times, he didn't. You need to know how to use your power. It must have purpose. It must have government. Okay? Let's stand to our feet. If you learn a few things today, please learn that there is not a power problem. There is a purpose problem. If you learn anything today, please learn that the issue is not miracles, healings, or anything like that. The issue is government. Have you got government in your life? Let's raise those hands, if you will. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.